Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Partido Partido podcast, the English-speaking podcast about all things Atleti. Welcome to our final podcast of the year. Um, what a year it has been. Um, it, it's uh, our first year. Uh, we, we did start the podcast uh, early in, uh, in February, uh, but it has been an amazing ride. Um, and, uh, you know, we just can't thank you guys enough for, for all the support we've, we've had uh, throughout the year. And uh, this comes at the uh, closing moment of uh, quite a month for Atletico. Uh, not for the right reasons, but uh, we're here uh, to talk about it. And joining me uh, is the uh, amazing Michael. Uh, you might know him uh, from Twitter as uh, Spanish Football Analytics. Uh, how are you doing, Michael? I'm really good, thank you. Just recording this after the festive season, which is quite big in the UK, so I'm feeling good. New Year's Eve, been a pretty crazy month for all things at Atletico kind of you had the kind of Porto result then the four losses in the league 10 years of Simeone so much going on and there's so much to get into great so let's start uh, right from the top and uh, let's uh, start with the uh, latest uh, match uh, Atletico's game against Granada um, it was an improvement over the uh, the previous matches, but Atletico still couldn't get a result and got another loss. Uh, the fourth loss uh, of the month uh, in La Liga, the first time it has happened since uh, 2003, uh, obviously the first time under Uh What were your thoughts about the game, Michael? Yeah, I think, obviously when you put it like that, four losses in, the, in a row in the league, that's quite bad. Um, but I think you've got to take the positives. I think that Atletico looked a bit more comfortable against Granada. I thought that definitely did enough to win the game, I thought, even. I thought Clive Felix as well was really good. His first goal was just incredible. Like, the way he flicks it around him, then runs 25 yards. Like, beautiful. He could have had a hat-trick. He hit the post. It's a loud goal. So that's a positive. Obviously, that's been kind of neutered by his positive COVID test. Just seems like we can't win. But I think... The kind of recurring theme with me in these kind of four games is that it's kind of like sort of individual errors that are letting us down. I felt like um, 
in with, Gran- with Granada's first goal, we were just poor in transition. And the second goal, I think it, it comes straight from Felix hitting the post, straight down the other end of the pitch. And then Kondogbia leaves Molina on side. Obviously, Kondogbia not being a natural centre-back. You could say that kind of plays into it. So, And obviously, the story of individual errors was very evident in the derby and the Seville game and against Real Mallorca. So it, I'm not too, too worried. I think that these errors can be can go once kind of ideas about the squad and the starting 11 become much more clearer as players come back. But um, yeah, you could tell that we're missing Stefan Savage and Jose Maria Jimenez, I think. Yeah, obviously the best two defenders are out injured uh, and, uh, you know, the, the only others are Hermosa, which, uh, you know, his, his defending hasn't, uh, has never really been his strong, strongest point. Yeah. Uh, his ball progression is usually, uh, you know, the, uh, the reason he's starting and Felipe, which has had a, a disastrous uh, uh, season so far, uh, although it has to be noted that uh, in the last few matches, he has played a lot better than than he used to be, um, and obviously Kondogbia uh, playing uh, as as a centre back to cover for for the uh, two injured centre backs. Uh, but uh, you know, there we we can obviously say that uh, part of the reason why uh, Atleti's defence has struggled so for, uh, so much uh, so far this season is because of the injuries for Savage and Jimenez. But even when uh, they were both starting, uh, we did see quite a few mistakes from, from both players. Uh, now, uh, obviously, you know, the, the individual mistakes uh, have been uh, present, uh, even in Atleti's wins this season. Uh, it feels like uh, so many of the players are having problems with their concentration, and even Simeone uh, said it uh, in uh, after one of the losses. I think it was after the Sevilla game. Uh, there are so many, uh, you know, instances where uh, one player you you just uh, you just think that he has to do better. Uh, obviously, I did talk about Jimenez making quite a few of these. Um, can, what, what do you think of the, you know, those uh, of those mistakes, and what do you think of Simeone's comments about about them? Yeah, I think um, obviously he knows his players much more better than we do. I think that one thing um, that I was talking with Mehdi Hassan and Charlie Tuli, who are both on Twitter, is they were kind of saying that kind of maybe this was before the season started, so this was kind of you know looking ahead. They're like maybe let's go become more complacent, kind of second season syndrome. And I kind of like push back against the idea because it's quite hard to prove that. Like, how do you get into a player's mind? But I think if you kind of look at the results, you can kind of say there has been some of that. Obviously, it's really hard to prove. Um, but I think even when you look at, you know, the captain, Koke, has been, it's just a shadow of how good he was last season. His, he's still been decently in terms of his passing, but he looks so off the pace. And I think against Real Madrid, it was really kind of exemplified where he, um, his, his his pass went directly to Real Madrid and then they went on to score. And in terms of him setting the standard that hasn't quite been there this season. Um, but as you know, I think it might be a kind of squad issue rather than maybe individual mistakes because just general performers who are doing really well this season, whether that be to COVID, injury, lack of rhythm, uh, lack of course continuity of players around them, haven't been producing the same results. You know, you kind of pointed out Himboso. I don't think his progressive passing has been as impressive as it was last season. Probably most, probably that's partly down to the people he's playing with. Like him playing with Felipe and Kadobia might not be the same as how comfortable he is with Savage and Jimenez. And I think you can even see that with kind of Carrasco as well. I think, you know, he was exceptional last season. He hasn't quite reached the, the heights of last season as well. Lorente as well as to play right back. He's been out sometimes with muscle niggles. Hasn't been the quite, hasn't, quite been the same same with Trippier as well you know two that's so maybe Koke Carrasco him and uh, sorry Lorente and Trippier there's kind of four players who were absolutely key to Atletico's ball progression and their attacking play last season they just haven't been at the same level as they were last season so that's going to see an impact um yeah I don't know what your thoughts are on it Tara well, I mean, uh, I think you've said it all. You know, uh, so many of the players just uh, can't uh, uh, match their uh, 
uh, uh, the, you know, the sort of uh, performances they they were able to achieve last season. Uh, obviously, we did say quite a few times uh, that uh, they were, uh, you know, playing their level uh, last season, but uh, the. Uh, you don't expect uh, a downfall of you know this uh, of this margin. Like, uh, um, you know, let's uh, forget about last season. Uh, looking at the current squad, uh, despite how unbalanced it is, uh, you you still expect uh, you know the uh, the players to be fighting for the league uh, instead of you know being uh, fifth uh, in at the midpoint uh, uh, of of the season. And uh, yeah, it just. Uh, it's just quite a weird, uh, you know, quite a weird uh, uh, position uh, that the team finds them, uh, themselves in. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I think uh, you know. I, I have said it that uh, many of the players you, you feel like uh, they have been uh, on poor form, uh, obviously this season. Uh, and I just don't really think that uh, they will continue like this for the rest of the season. Uh, now, obviously, Koke, you did talk about him, and uh, he's absolutely crucial uh, to uh, Simeone's system. Uh, playing in a 3-5-2, uh, he's the one really uh, connecting the defense with, with the attack and uh, you know run, uh, doing all the dirty work. Uh, and... Uh, playing without a defensive midfielder, uh, for, for that, Koke has to be in st stellar form. And we just haven't really seen that uh, from him this season. Uh, but uh, a blessing and a curse, he has tested positive uh, for COVID-19 and he will, you know, uh, Simeone has been forced to give him a rest now. Uh, so hopefully we, we do see the uh, Koke of old uh, now after, the, uh, after he returns from, from this uh, quarantine. Yeah, yeah, I think like I think you're definitely right. I'm not saying that these players can't get to the level that they got to last season. I think it's just the kind of conditions that the squad is in, you know, injury absences, COVID absences, imbalances has just meant that the conditions haven't been quite there. So for example, like you said, Koki is no longer playing of a holding midfielder. He's having to do a lot of stuff that maybe if Kondopi was playing in midfield, um he would not have to do. Or maybe if he was playing um say if Trippi was playing at right wing back and Lorente was next to him and and to Paul slash Lamar, then less onus would be on Koke to do the running because obviously he'd have Lorente next to him. So, like, obviously there's been individual errors, but they have not been helped by the fact that um, just injuries and COVID absences have kind of hit the squad quite badly. Um, and I think there's like a little bit of unluckiness as well. Like, if you look at the table, you kind of see that Atletico have conceded, I think it's something like um, 22 goals, which, but like the XG suggests they should be conceding kind of 10 fewer than that and that's just kind of I guess they've just been a bit unlucky in that sense and they're kind of uh, and Oblak as well has kind of had a, a slow start to the season his kind of post shot XG minus goals prevent goals against which kind of shows how many goals prevent he prevents a game has gone down by like 0.5 per 90 which is quite a big drop for a team to take especially considering how important he's been in the last few seasons that's not me saying that Oblak has lost it it's just you know, progress isn't linear. He'll he'll get they'll get back to that, but that'll take an impact. And you know, I'm not quite like I'm not too worried yet. I think it'll come through. I think the squad's got quality. You know, I think Simeone knows the players that they will that we will get top four. But right now, um, I don't blame people for looking at the January transfer window and thinking maybe we should get X Y Z player to help us. If you know what I mean. Yeah, you, you raise a very good point here. And, uh, you know, I very much agree with you that, uh, you know, I do expect the squad to uh, to improve a lot in, in the second half of the season. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, with the uh, with the injuries present and, uh, you know, the lack of depth in quite a few positions, uh, do you think a, a good uh, transfer window in January uh, would help uh, Atleti solve their issues? Um, I think that, like, I think the big um, issue with the for the summer transfer window for the fans was the kind of general imbalance, which is going to be quite hard to address in a January window. I think a lot of people were quite annoyed at Perez going to Udinese and then kind of Atletico bringing in two two second strikers to add to the two they already had. Um, so I think it might be hard to address that in a January transfer window. I think it kind of depends what happens with Trippier. 
think if they can get a good fee from Newcastle, then I would not be against taking that. I think while Trippier has, was excellent last season and he was, you know, right back of the season in La Liga, no doubt. Um, he has not been quite at that level this season, and his contract does expire next season, so this is going to be one of the last chances to cash in on him for a decent value, anyway. Um, so yeah, I think I've seen a few people linking Alati with you know, David Garcia of Osasuna as a kind of centre back option. You know, maybe a squad option who could fill in, who could. So you have your primary first three: Hermoso, Jimenez, and Savage. But given Jimenez's injuries, you have the option to bring in Garcia. Felipe, etc. Um, I think that could be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think most of it will be sort of targeted towards getting either a kind of a steady centre-back they could bring in January or saving it till the summer and seeing what they could do. Because I think the summer will bring more opportunities to reshape the squad. Um, if you know what I mean, like I think there's some Deadwood that wouldn't probably go in January, like Hector Herrera. Uh, I don't think he's someone who needs to be moved on, but the chance of him being moved on in January are quite slim. I think I don't really know the situation around his contract. But I don't know, what would you want Atletico to do to strengthen their position ahead of the second half of the season in in January? Uh, well, uh, starting with the uh, point you raised about Herrera, uh, his uh, his contract expires this summer, so uh, it, it'll be mm. Atleti's last chance uh, to sell him this January. And he has really been... Uh, Please, hopefully he, has... he goes. Yeah, he has been linked with with uh, with Roma. So I don't know how how much they're willing to pay, but it can't be much since obviously he'll be free in the summer. Uh, but uh, you know, I I, I definitely am not against uh, selling him. Like uh, he he's definitely a decent squad option, but uh, you know, uh, this this is the the last chance to sell him. So uh, I I think you'd, you'd agree with me with me there. I'd completely support selling him when I don't think there's. Don't want to be too dismissive of him because obviously he has shown that he can be good for that going some games, but I don't think he is quite needed, especially with the addition of DePaul in the summer. Obviously, they're not quite the same player, but they kind of play a similar role supporting Koke. And then hopefully, if we signed a centre back, then Kondobi would no longer be stuck at the back, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and uh, as for Trippier, I absolutely agree with you. He's uh, uh, 30 something, 32, I think. Uh, and uh, his yeah. contract expires in in 2023, so uh, this will be uh, Atleti's uh, uh, also last chance to get a a very good uh, fee for him. And uh, Newcastle are going uh, all out uh, on him this January. Uh, you know, have uh, they have him at the top of their signing list? So uh, you know, uh, the the rumored fee has been th- between 30 and 40 million, which. Uh, you know, for take that for a thirty-year-old right back, you've got to take that. I think. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and uh, you, you just take it and run. And as as good as as good as Trippier is, and as good as he has been uh, for Atleti, uh, that's just uh, and like you can't refuse that. It's not like uh, what United were were offering uh, in in the summer, uh, like fifteen million or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like this is a a very excellent fee, and it recovers everything Atleti paid for him. Uh, yes. So yeah, if if uh, Atleti do have a uh, you know a replacement lined up, I very much support uh, this sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like Trippier was excellent last season. I was one of his big big fans. Um, I think obviously him being from the UK as well and going to Spain kind of maybe kind of linked towards him more. You know, he did very well to settle in Spain, but he's he's thirty two years old. If he was twenty six, then you know I'd be rejecting that offer and giving him the chance to make that right back position his for at least five years but he's not getting any younger or any quicker and you know Atletico's defense is quite slow we, of, we often get caught in transition a lot sometimes Trippier can be defensively uh, errand in his sort of positioning and errors so I think you know the chance to it sounds like I'm almost kind of selling a dream here the chance to cash in him and get a younger more defensively astute while also quite progressive right back would be quite nice but obviously that's going to be quite hard um it depends on what happens with Trippier really yeah um i mean the, there has there haven't really been uh, a lot of rum- rumors recently about uh, about any replacement but uh i think uh, in in october we did get uh, some news about uh, Lille 
being in a tough uh, uh, financial situation. So uh, it was said that uh, they were open to selling uh, uh, Zeki Şelik. I think that's how I pronounce his name. Uh, their their Turkish right back. So uh, and Atleti were after him in the summer. So uh, I think. Uh, looking at uh, Atleti's activity recently, I think he'd, he'd be the uh, most likely replacement. And uh, he was excellent for, for them last season as they uh, uh, incredibly won the uh, French League. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, I, I don't really know that much about him. Like, I, I, I didn't really watch Lille all that much, but uh, I I just hear a lot of, uh, you know, po positive comments about him. So, uh, you know, if, if he's the chosen one uh, to be... Uh, the heir for Trippier's throne, then, you know, I, I actually support uh, the Trippier sale. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, Selleck, I haven't really seen much of him in person, but, like, looking at his stuff, he looks like he's pretty defensively astute. It looks like he's more than happy to bring the ball out in terms of passing and carrying, which is more than what Trippier did. Trippier was kind of more a kind of progressive passer. He wouldn't carry the ball as much, so that's quite useful that Selleck is kind of a bit of both. It's quite useful to have. Um, and, of course, you know, Hopefully, we can sort something. I'm sure that they'll have things lined up um, to replace Trippier because he will need replacing, and we have missed his form this season. You can tell that. In you know, obviously, Lorente has has been good at right back, but he's just not a right back and has kind of limited him. So it'd be nice to find someone who could release Lorente. Yeah, and. Uh, one of one of the greatest things to witness uh, this year was the uh, golden connection between Llorente and Trippier. Uh, the <laughs> gold, the brilliant uh, weighted passes from Trippier and uh, Llorente's uh, vital speed. Uh, those were uh, those combined for some very very uh, uh, nice moments down the right wing. And it was, uh, I think you'll agree with me there, that it was the. Uh, I think the side that uh, uh, carried uh, Atleti to their uh, title win uh, last season. Yeah, definitely. I think, especially in the first half of the season before Trippier's suspension, you know, it was, you could almost like every single time they got into position, every single time Lorente was in the half space and Trippier was on the right wing, you knew exactly where the ball was going and so did the defenders, but they just couldn't do anything to stop it because Trippier's weight of pass was so nice. And Lorente's pace and acceleration was just ridiculous i can't remember i can't quite remember when the game was i think it must have been it probably was late last year to be fair but i'm still gonna say it because it was just an amazing goal i think Trippier lofted the ball over the defense on the counter-attack and Lorente just ran onto it and it was just almost kind of clockwork and i think you're definitely right to point out the fact that they were the kind of more effective wing for Atletico last season and we have missed that Obviously, that it also doesn't help the fact that that Carrasco, who was excellent for his last season as well, just hasn't been able to replicate that form. But I'm sure he'll come round eventually. Yeah, uh, the the goal you talked about, uh, I think it was against uh, Valladolid, uh, Valladolid, and uh, it was uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in in uh, late 2020. But uh, you know, yeah. it, it does get the point across. So um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, that's uh, everything about trip here. Uh, now, obviously, if he does leave, we uh, definitely will get uh, a replacement. Uh, uh, journalist Matteo Moreto did uh, talk about that. Uh, but uh, for other uh, positions, uh, what would be your ideal transfer window? And uh, obviously, keeping in mind that uh, Atleti obviously won't spend a lot uh, this, this January, but uh, what, uh, what's the most important position to, to address, in your opinion? Wow. Um... I think maybe to be the boring answer, I think maybe finding a centre back. I think I've already I've already said this in the pod, but it's worth reiterating again a centre back that can cover prof proficiently. Because right now Latconi has four senior centre backs, which isn't great when you play a back three. Um so I think that's that would be number one priority for me. I think it really depends what happens as far as, you know, let's see how that looks in the summer if we need to find a replacement for him. I don't really know what the situation is there. Um, I think in terms of central midfield, looking good. I think we haven't been looking as good because Colombia has been limited to the back. So I think once he's released into midfield, then things might look a bit more comfortable. Obviously, we've got plenty of options there in terms of Lamar, Paul, Lorente, Koke, Kodobila. That's a, that's a more than solid foundation to build upon. 
Um, but yeah, for me, you'd have to be centre back, which is kind of the boring answer because everyone's looking at it. But I think it does kind of show when the squad is so imbalanced, kind of front loaded. I don't know how I don't know how you feel. Which positions would you be prioritising, or you taking a similar line? Yeah, um, I mean, you did say it, it is the boring answer, but it is the <laughs> it is the most obvious one. Uh, it, I mean, uh, four centre backs is is not much uh, for for a side that plays three at the back, but uh, with two of them being very injury prone, uh, that's a disaster. And uh, we did see it. It it has been a disaster for for Atleti. Uh, so yeah, uh, obviously a centre back would would do wonders. Uh, and uh, Atleti have been linked with, with two centre-backs, uh, and uh, you, you did talk about David Garcia from Osasuna, uh, the other being uh, Cesar Azpilicueta from Chelsea, uh, and he has been linked with Barcelona as well, so it remains to be seen what his situation will be like. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, if, uh, if Atleti don't get a, uh, aren't planning to get a centre-back centre now, I think uh, the next most important position to address would be the defensive midfielder. Uh, seeing as Kondogbia, uh, while he did have some very amazing games, uh, I mean, he has uh, uh, had, you know, a few lapses uh, of concentration here and there. He did make quite a, a few mistakes, uh, which have been costly. So uh, I do like Kondogbia and I do expect him to remain as a, uh, a squad player. Uh, but uh, if uh, if Koke doesn't recover his form and uh, we have to rely on Kondogbia, uh, I just don't really see him as the uh, most reliable option there. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think, um, I think you're right to point out that Kondogbia had some very good games last season. I think that... He didn't quite have... I think towards the end of the season, he started to garner Simeone's trust more, but it wasn't quite there. And um, if we do lose Herrera, what does that leave us with just one holding midfielder? Which, you know, if Kondobi is injured, then we have the same issue that Koke is um, isolated by himself. So maybe we need to reinforce in a kind of younger kind of squad option um, to rotate of Kondobi and eventually replace him. I don't really know who that could be. I think it's going to be quite hard to fit Atletico's budget, depending on who leaves and goes. But I think that you're definitely right to say that the kind of that kind of maybe in the longer term, especially in the summer with Herrera going, most likely needs to be looked at before it runs into a major issue. If you know what I mean, because um, we quite we quite we quite could easily come next season just have Condobbia, then he gets injured, then it's no. Then then we have no holding midfielders, and then we're back to square one with Koke being um, outmatched physically against the bigger teams, which is not ideal. Yep, and uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's uh, all for for January. Uh, it, it, I mean, we can be helpful that the Atleti yeah. do get uh, a few uh, decent players uh, to. Uh, to solve some of the issues uh, that they had, uh, but ultimately, you know, we do, you know, uh, we do expect them uh, to not really uh, go all out uh, this January and wait for the summer, where uh, you know uh, more good deals uh, can can be found then, uh, since uh, obviously uh, teams aren't very willing to to let go of their uh, best players in in the middle of the season. So uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what uh, what Atleti's plans are. Uh, we haven't really, uh, as I said, we haven't really had a lot of rumors. Uh, but a very hot rumor uh, we uh, we saw uh, emerge uh, yesterday uh, was the news about uh, Morata being linked with Barcelona, and uh, obviously they are trying uh, to get him uh, this January. Uh, they are trying to find a, an agreement with Juve, uh, which uh, uh, who have uh, to find a replacement first. Uh, if they do agree and uh, cancel their loan. Uh, then uh, Barcelona will have to find a, a deal with Atletico uh, to, to get him. And uh, uh, as for the personal terms, uh, at, apparently they have been agreed between Barcelona and Morata. Uh, so it comes down, uh, and obviously Juve uh, are trying to find a replacement, so it comes 
down whether uh, Atleti will agree uh, to selling Morata right now or if they don't. Uh, what what's what, what are your thoughts about this, Michael? Um, I think obviously, ideally, everyone would have wanted him to kind of go to Juventus. You know, no direct competition for Barcelona. Um, I think. I can't remember quite remember the fee that he could go for, but I think it's around 30, 35 million euros, which I, I can't quite remember. I might be getting that completely wrong, though. Um, but yeah, I think that while, you know, while Moratis has agreed personal terms of Xavi, as has been reported in Marca and the Spanish press, there's still a long way to go for this deal to happen. You know, Juventus needs to get a replacement. Um which is quite hard to see happening in January, but, you know, weirder things have happened. I think in terms of, if you just take this deal in isolation, you know, getting rid of Morata for a good fee, I think that's probably in Atletico's interest. I think that his course with Atletico has probably run right now. I don't think that there's... I, I personally, while I think he's still a very good player, and I think he could be useful for a side, and I, I was very defensive of him in the Euros, um, I just don't think that he's the type of player that Atletico kind of need at this point, so any opportunity to cash in on him is positive, although it is to Barcelona, which isn't ideal. But, um, I don't know, maybe because it is to Barcelona, we can get a few extra zeros, given their kind of financial uh, mismanagement over the last years. <laughs> I mean, uh, cr- crossing my fingers that this is what's going to happen. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I mean, uh, Matteo Alemani is there, so uh, I, I don't know how much uh, uh, how much that's possible, but you know we we can hope, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and uh, th- there have been news, uh, and I'm I'm not sure uh, what the source uh, for this news was, but uh, that uh, uh, Simeone uh, isn't uh, very willing to let him go to Barcelona uh, right now, since uh, obviously he'll be uh, strengthening a, a rival. Uh, and uh, some people uh, thought that that was, you know, a bit weird since, uh, you know, we we don't really we haven't really had the best uh, we haven't really seen the best of Morata uh, in in Rafi Blanco. Uh, but uh, I think his position is, uh, you know, very justified, uh, seeing as how Morata, while not the greatest around, uh, is still uh, better than all the uh, strikers they have currently, uh, Barcelona and. Uh, uh, you know, if if Xavi, you know, is going all out uh, on him uh, right now, you'd, you'd expect him to find, you know, to have a a plan ready uh, to get the best out of him. And uh, en- Enrique was, uh, I think, the the only other uh, man- manager currently which is uh, able to to get the best out of him. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think Simeone's. Uh, uh, position is very justified and uh, I do understand where it's coming from but uh, I think if uh, Barcelona are uh, you know going to go ahead and uh, you know get, pay the 35 million Atleti are asking for then uh, you know I I just don't see a reason uh, Atleti should reject that and uh, you know uh, I mean they need to invest that money in in finding a replacement and you know covering for for uh, other uh, positions, but uh, you know I do think this is a golden chance for for Atleti to to cash in on on Morata. Yeah, I think you know, looking at it objectively, Morata has not been in his best club form the last few seasons. He's twenty nine years old. He's not getting any younger. The, he's already had not the best time in Rio Blanco, so I think it makes sense to cash in on him. It's just a shame that. It might be Barcelona, which might put off Atletico, but I think that I would not be against selling him for 35 million euros to Barcelona. It's a very nice fee for an aging player who hasn't been in good form. Um, so I think, yeah, you've got to take that money and kind of invest it in the squad like how you would do it with the Trippier money. And hopefully in summer we can properly get some kind of sensible transfers for the kind of centre back position defensive midfielder to address the underlying issues that the kind of this squad has that kind of that kind of have shone up in this season i think Brilliant. so yeah i think we're we have been in accordance for for uh, throughout the the podcast today <laughs> and 
Yeah, I think uh, th those are the uh, main talking points uh, uh, addressed about the transfer window. Uh, it it opens in in a few hours, uh, so you know, uh, as I said, we haven't really we don't really have a lot of rumors. So uh, it's it remains to be seen whether Atleti uh, aren't uh, working on a lot of signings or if it's just uh, they have been working in secret, which uh, you know has uh, they were doing in the summer. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, in the meantime, we have uh, the game against uh, Rayo Vallecano, which uh, I mean I'm still not sure if that's gonna get delayed or not. We haven't really uh, heard anything about it, but uh, Rayo we're trying to uh, uh, to postpone the game, uh, seeing as how they have uh, 17 positive cases in in their squad. Uh, Atleti obviously have. Five, uh, and those are Simeone, Griezmann, Koke, Herrera, and Joao Felix. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I I don't know. Uh, I didn't really check uh, uh, the the positive cases for Rayo Vallecano. Uh, I'm I'm not sure uh, how many of them are from the starting lineup and how many are you know just reserve players. So, uh, let's look at it from uh, you know an isolated perspective. Uh, Rayo have been absolutely incredible this season, uh, and uh, what what are your thoughts about them, Michael? Yeah, it's it's a revelation. I remember their first two games happening, and I said to Charlie and Mehdi, obviously I mentioned Dylan, is like, oh, this is just, I just kind of said the kind of typical confirmation bias. Oh, this is pretty indicative of a club who isn't obviously at the quality they got thumped by L'Oreal, and I can't remember the second team. But yeah, they got thumped. And then the next game, they thumped Granada, and it was just immense. They're so fun to watch. And it really has been a revelation. And they're sitting fourth place. Um, you know, if you told us, you know, this time last year, that the second placed Madrid team, I think you could probably class Real Valencia as a Madrid team, given they're from the kind of outer south, South Madrid, you know, that the second place Madrid team in Spain in La Liga would not be allowed to go be Rayo. It would just be kind of a crazy idea because obviously they kind of entered the second season was they got through the playoffs. It was very last minute. And then they just completely bossed it. Like they've completely guaranteed their survival. And, you know, Oscar Trejo, the Argentinian captain, 33 year old has just been playing amazingly. I think he's leading the assists for the league of eight. You know, he's someone who, been very strong in the kind of progressive passing metrics and dribbling and creative metrics. And they've obviously got a familiar face in Radamel Falcao leading for them. Um, so yeah, it really has just been a, a great story. Um, and yeah, honestly, I mean, if we took these COVID cases out of it, which obviously we can't say if every single, say if the squad, each squad was fit, I wouldn't be surprised if they really did give a let's go good game and beat them. Um, but I think with 17 cases, you're either looking at Atletico hopefully winning or the game being put off. It's really hard to say though because I don't think we know the details about who's actually got those 17 positive cases. But yeah, your thoughts on Ryo, Tara? Um, I mean, it, as as you mentioned, it's it, it's just absolutely incredible. Uh, they they started uh, the year uh, 2021 in sixth place in Segunda, and now they finish it in fourth in the league uh, above Atleti. Uh, and that's I mean, you look you look at that stat, and you just it's unbelievable. Uh, it's absolutely incredible, and uh, we we haven't really uh, seen that. We haven't really seen a lot of that in La Liga. Uh, obviously, Getafe being uh, one of the uh, you know one of the closest uh, uh, examples for that. But uh, you know, just looking at the work uh, Iraola has done, uh, it's absolutely uh, stunning. And uh, his his style is also you know very easy on the eye. Uh, he has been uh, able to get the best out of his players, and obviously. Uh, seeing uh, Radamel Falcao performing for them, uh, I mean, it, it's it's hard it's hard to hate uh, Rayo. It's hard not to feel you know uh, impressed by them. It's hard not to mm -hmm. uh, wish them the best. Uh, but <laughs> Atleti are uh, very des desperate for a win right now. So you know, hopefully, uh, the players aren't very sympathetic <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, yeah, maybe a, a seventeen positive case Rayo could be the kind of team that let's go need to play. Um, but even then, 
you just got to hope the game goes ahead, I guess. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was pulled off, given how bad COVID is. COVID is just everywhere at the moment. I think I saw something, um, can't remember if it was today or yesterday, something like 200 players in the first and second divisions have tested positive for COVID, which is just crazy. Um, high numbers in Spain. So you, I guess we'll see how the game, if it actually goes ahead. But I, I think it'll be a really fun game if it does go ahead, to be honest. Yeah, obviously we'll uh, Atleti do have uh, like obviously we we only have uh, two available uh, midfielders and those are uh, De Paul and Lamar. Condogbia, uh, uh, who has been playing as a centre back, could be available uh, to play as a as a midfielder as well. Uh, seeing as how Jimenez is finally back uh, from uh, his injury, uh, so uh, Atleti do have a uh, do have a very solid team playing. Uh, it it'll just come down to. Uh, what trio can can bring to the table and if they're going to play with their reserve players or if uh, they're going to play uh, with the, you know some of the, the some of the starters uh, in there so uh, yeah uh, obviously uh, it i i just don't see the the game going ahead with the, you know so many cases uh, uh, being uh, you know uh, being present and uh, you know putting the other players uh, as well at at the uh, risk of contacting it. Uh, so uh, I I do think it'll get delayed. But uh, if it doesn't, then I do think Atleti uh, have a very golden chance uh, to to uh, you know get back to winning ways and you know to get some uh, you know positivity and uh, confidence back. Uh, also, Raya obviously. Uh, I, I'm not sure uh, if that's going to be the case, uh, you know, throughout uh, the second half of the season. But currently, looking at them, their arrival for top four. Uh, so, you know, uh, if uh, it does go ahead, then yeah, Atleti, uh, it's a must-win game, and uh, you know, uh, hopefully they they go out there and and uh, you know play like it is one. Yeah, it's it's a big big game. <clears throat> okay, uh, so this uh, covers everything for uh, the uh, the month of uh, December, and uh, this covers everything for the year. Uh, so coming to a close, uh, we'll just uh, talk about uh, some of the uh, some of our favorite matches and moments of the year. Uh, Michael, uh, I think you have an answer in mind. Uh, can you please uh, give us what, what it is? Yeah, I kind of have two answers. One of them is the pretty obvious one. I think you can either choose two moments from the title-winning campaign of the last few weeks. I mean, you can either choose Suarez's goal against Osasuna, which was just immense. Just one and one moment to keep us in the actual fight. Or you can choose the kind of scene to the end of the Vidalid game, the away match, when you know, the fans and the players just kind of forgot that there was a kind of other world and they're just celebrating their glory together. It was a great moment and a kind of really good match where Vidalid took the lead early and then obviously Correa and then Suarez just finished them off. And it was such a great match as well because the stakes were so high for Vidalid as well. Their kind of survival was on the line. Um, so yeah, and then the other answer for me is kind of a recent memory, which might not be like the kind of match of this season, but I just thought it was a nice moment. Um, was kind of Atletico scraping through the group stage away 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 to Porto, you know, kind of the last minute uh, counter attacking goal by De Porto to kind of finish them off. Then all the then all the technical staff and the subs and the players and the pitch came together. It was kind of a nice moment, and it was also kind of a nice moment because you know Atletico have made great memories in Europe, and that was kind of another one for me um, to kind of cherish, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean the the portal game where was the only redeeming uh, thing that uh, Atleti achieved in December. So uh, yeah, it it was a very nice moment. So uh, I think the favorite match uh, is very obvious, as you as you said, the uh, comeback against Osasuna uh, with the ten minutes left, Atleti behind, uh, Real have already won their game. Uh, you know, first off, uh, Lodi uh, scores uh, an absolute rocket to the uh, uh, to the roof of the goal, and then obviously Suarez uh, with with the finish uh, right at the death. So you know, uh, I think 
this is not just uh, the uh, the match of of the of the year. I think it'll just remain in Atleti's history forever, and uh, it'll just be a talking point, uh, you know, for so many years. Uh, and uh, I think uh, one of the uh, other games I, I would say uh, was very significant this season. Uh, I mean, it's it's weird seeing as how Atleti lost that game, but uh, I think the game against Liverpool uh, at home, uh, which ended in a 3-2 loss, uh, uh, I mm. think uh, Atleti performed excellently, and uh, they, I think they outplayed Liverpool for so many uh, parts of the game. They were... Uh, close uh, to pulling a uh, another comeback uh, after being 2-0 down uh, obviously uh, you know to early goals for Liverpool but then we saw a very uh, amazing response from the players uh, and uh, you know got two goals back was very close to getting a third uh, but then you know unfortunately that uh, red card for for Griezmann which you know was very uh, it wasn't uh, intentional and you know very unfortunate for any players to happen so uh, and you know late in the game then uh, Salah uh, uh, scores the uh, the winning penalty for Liverpool but uh, I think uh, just looking at that game you, you just got the uh, the feeling of you know the Atleti of old, uh, the underdogs uh, playing, uh, pushing above their weight uh, against one of the uh, you know one of the uh, red hot teams in Europe. So uh, I think uh, while it, it wasn't uh, you know uh, I, I I I would I wouldn't say it's the best match of the year, uh, but I think it's up there with the you know my favorite moments of of the year. Yeah, I think. Um... Uh, I think it was also just nice because you kind of saw glimpses of what this squad can do. I think, you know, at times in the game, we've really kind of pushed it to Liverpool and we looked really good. And I think Friesman scoring those two really good goals as well was a nice moment. I, I can't quite remember the exact, but I think that might have been his first goal since back. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting that wrong, but it was something like it was pretty significant to see him in the reception his goals got as well. That was nice, you know, his two goals in quick fire. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was another great Champions League night, which is kind of, you know, I think Atletico Madrid do kind of thrive upon these, and Simeone does as well, you know, the crowd, the atmosphere. Some of Atletico's greatest moments have come under the lights in a Champions League stadium. Um, and that kind of was another memory to add to that. <clears throat> Very well. Um, and, <laughs> you know, we, uh, we we did talk about Cholo. Uh, ten years it has been since Atleti hired him, and what an incredible turnaround he, he was able to achieve in those 10 years. Uh, you know, can you please give us a few words about, about the man? It's, it's just crazy. I just think yeah, his impact is so huge. And I think a lot of people, rightly, because it is so significant, kind of really find it hard to grasp how important he's been. But I think a lot of people have probably have seen it, but Robbie Dunn put a a post on Twitter um, kind of visualising Atletico's last 10 managers and their kind of points per game and Simeone was quite clearly just well above the rest. Um, I think his points per game was something like 2.01. The second was Aguirre at 1.66 and you can kind of, sh- you see that you see the levels there and you see the the impact he's had on the players and the fans. You know, he's been able to build this kind of aura around him. And, you know, I think it does add, you know, I think in all of his full seasons in La Liga, Atletico has never finished with below 70 points, which since they were promoted, re-promoted to the first division in 2002, they, they never did. So it's just kind of the, kind of always kind of night and day, black and white between pre-Simeone and after Simeone. Uh, it's incredible, really. Yeah, and uh, uh, an- another th- very valuable thing, uh, you did say that, uh, you know, uh, Atleti hadn't uh, achieved 70 points. Uh, they also uh, never uh, finished in the in the top three. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, uh, Simeone never finished outside of the top three, never finished with yeah. less than 70 points. Uh, and not, like, not, not only is this, you know, incredible, 
uh, to achieve you know in one in one year or you know two or three years but to achieve it in nine full seasons it's it's just incredible stability that uh, he he brought to the club and that's you know something that flies under the radar of most people you know just how much uh, just how much stability uh, this uh, brought and you know how much uh, uh, you know, with with Atleti's, uh, you know, obviously financial situations, uh, obviously uh, they they've never been uh, the best uh, at uh, running the club, Gilmarin and and Cerezo. Uh, so uh, with uh, you know, with with all the those you know uh, setbacks in mind, uh, it's just unreal uh, that Simeone took a side that was uh, I think uh, five or four points above the relegation zone. And you know, made them reach two Champions League finals, made them win two leagues uh, in the Messi and Ronaldo era. So, uh, I mean, at, at the risk of sounding redundant, but uh, you just uh, can't really do justice. Uh, you, you can't do the man justice. Uh, and I think the the greatest thing you can uh, you can do about him is just listing his achievements and. You know, just looking in awe uh, at what uh, an incredible uh, career he's had at the club, uh, both yeah. uh, as a player and as a manager. So, uh, yeah, you know. I think just to quickly add, I think Sid Lowe put it really well when the Super League stuff came out. Is that I think I think he this is a rough paraphrase, but his general idea was, you know, if Simeone wasn't the manager. There's no way near. There's no way possible that Atletico would be involved in this sort of um, group of elite clubs breaking away. And that is true. Like his entire success has kind of rebuilt Letico as this elite club. It feels weird when they don't get through to the round of 16 in Champions League. It feels weird when they don't finish in the top three. It feels weird when they don't at least push Barca and Real Madrid, whereas 10 years ago, that would have been completely fantasy talk. Um, It really is kind of, the transformation is just so evident. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, 10 years of Cholo here for 10 more, uh, 20 more, 30 more, you know, whatever the man, whatever whatever the man uh, demands, just give it to him. Uh, Yeah, uh, Simeone, uh, I think, uh, if not the biggest legend, then definitely one of the uh, three biggest legends in in Atleti's history. Of course. Give the man whatever he needs. He's done everything. He's done everything to deserve it. Absolutely. Um, so that's a wrap on uh, the Partido Partido podcast for uh, this year. Uh, we thank you so very much uh, for uh, all the support we got all throughout the year. And uh, obviously, thank you so much, Michael, for joining me today. Pleasure. And I hope all of us have had a great year and hopefully more success in the future. Happy New Year. Thank you. Uh, Happy New Year uh, to you as well and to all the listeners. uh, Thank you for uh, sticking with us uh, today and throughout the year. And remember, uh, no quedejas de creer.